Waiting for the theme song written by the... Uh, Talking, talking, talking after the theme song. Well, listen, hi. Welcome to Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Uh, good evening, Carl. Ah, good evening, at least over here on the East Coast. Over here on the West Coast. It's good afternoon. We are re- uh, broadcasting this live, mutinyradio.fm. If you ever want to listen to us, you can check there. Or just follow us on iTunes and uh, RSS feeds as L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Carl, what's the movie today? The movie today is Just You and Me, Kid, 1979. And being as I have to leave a little early, I'd love if we'd hop to it. Uh, Just You and Me, Kid, 1979. And the uploader that I like... I shouldn't say like, it's really the only one I have experience with, is J.W. Matter, M-A-D-E-R, J.W. space M-A-D-E-R, just you and me, comma, kid, 1979. And it looks like he has about, what, 6,000 views? Uh, well, 600. Yeah. 600, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I have bad eyesight. Uh, all right, so here's what we want you to do. We always want you to follow us on those, uh, on the podcast, but we want to watch a movie with you, and there's a movie on YouTube. So go find the movie. We uh, Carl just told you how it can. And Paul Brumbaugh from The Edge of Insanity is here. He's going to do a countdown. So we want you to go click the link, hit pause immediately, let it buffer. In our case, it's buffering a little bit too much. I might have to try the other one Carl you might have to have what uh, we have two computers yeah it's buffering uh-huh. too much I gotcha alright uh, so one, oh, here Paul why don't you go ahead and talk for a couple seconds and then we'll do the countdown big Carl what's happening well I recently liked your page on Facebook I got a request to like it and then I go back and check it out there you go. I appreciate it. No, we appreciate your support. And if you guys are looking for this, just to let you know, we are stuck on Just You and Me, Kid, 1979. This one is brought to you by JW Matter, and it's sitting here buffering forever. So give us a minute or two, but it looks like it is queuing up, so that's a good thing. Technical difficulties. And I blame you. All right, I think you have Mike, too, right there if you want. All right, here we go. All right, you guys, get your fingers hovering over that play button, and let's do it in three, two, one, play. There it is. The familiar statue. Yeah, that's me. They never paid me a dime. I was the guy on the violin. (laughs) This part, glisten. That woman, uh, they had to pay uh, her royalties for using her image for every movie. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, here's... Now, here's George without his glasses. Very rare, right? Yes. No, there's some 1920s and 30s footage of him where he's, he doesn't have glasses. Right, right, right. It was, it was with his comedy partner, Burns, and Poke Your Eye Out. And would you know what happened? And that's why he wears glasses. Oh, so this is one of those movies where the main character wakes up and makes breakfast. And that's how the movie starts. <laughs> well, what we're doing here is we're supposed to be establishing what a character Bill is. Bill is a former vaudevillian uh, performer and... He's just a hoot and a holler. Vaudevillian being that old-timey uh, theater, live uh, television, as it yeah. were. Yeah. Prior to television, they would come to you. They would go from town to town and do their act. Um, so he's a spry. One of the things about uh, George Burns and, I guess, Bob Hope, even uh, is that they've always had this longevity to them. Mm-hmm. Well, he died at 100. Yeah. 1996, he died 100 years old. Brooke Shields. How old was Brooke Shields in this movie in 1979? Uh, he's 13 years old, and uh, George Burns is 83 in this movie. All right. So they're going to play. Are there any animals in this movie while we're at it? Animals? Yeah, like the, he, he's performing with kids. He might as well have a dog with him. For him oh, somebody. I see what you're saying. No, he's animal free in this one. Okay. I think that's Gracie, his wife who died in 1964. Uh, yeah. Then she, he kisses another portrait, kisses Angela yeah. Lansbury's photo, I think. Then it's him. And he, he gets that's, kisses himself twice. So sick, homie. Self-love. Now, there's an interview with George Burns. He talks about this film. It was back in the day. And in it, he says, I play myself. Now, he is a lonely ex-vaudevillian. Okay. I mean, that's what he says. I play myself a lonely ex-vaudevillian. So. This is how he cooks. He just two strips of bacon. That's some restraint. He didn't put the whole package in there. Now, here we have the breaking pencil joke. <laughs> Shopping list. to buy bacon. <laughs> and he's right. Nah. Bacon and the pencil breaks. So he happens to have at, in his kitchen a bulletin board made by an uh, elementary school that says, you know, things to do list, purchase list. All right, so he's, he's old school. He's going to cook his eggs in the bacon. You see how he leaves the fridge door open? My father would hate this man. What would your father say? Close that damn door. He's trying to air condition the house. Okay, Shopping breaking list. pencil joke. Eggs and the pencil breaks. The second pencil breaks. Point. Not to put a two point on this. And Burl Ives. This is the reason why I picked yeah. this movie. Because of Burl Ives? Yeah. The, Interesting. I found, I found one of him called Earthbound that's on YouTube from uh -huh. 1981. And it looks like children, like a really bad family film. And uh, we might watch it. But uh, I came to this one. And I feel like this is such a high concept movie that in 1979 you have... Brooke Shields, for what's that Swartz back then, and uh, you know George Burns and his personality working together, and that's the pen, the pun. I just talked over the joke. There's the joke. Pencils. Right. Pencils. That's the last thing he wrote on the shopping list after he breaking. But he really pencils. should write down pencil sharpeners. But you know what? He goes shopping and he never buys. Now here's a really pencils. nice car. Right. And no one fucks it up. It, 
It's an original that he bought back in the day. He just kept it. How and later it'll become a plot point. When, when the bad guy's trying to find him, the car will be the way he gets to him. Well, it'll say he had that fucked up car. That's such a selfish model. Like back in the day, it's like, well, we'll build it for two people. I'll have a mm-hmm. liquor bar in the back. Okay, so now, he's... you mentioned Burl Ives. We all know him maybe from Hot Cat on the Hot Tin Roof. We know him as an actor, but he was um, a, a musician. Yeah. Uh, he, he, did, he did country music, believe it or not. He, in 60s, uh, 63, 64, he had like a string of country hits, believe it or not. Yeah, no, I I know the, I know the man. He was, was he was the voice of those Christmas specials, right? Like where, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And he was targeted by the House Un-American Activities Committee. Huh. Uh, they had this pamphlet, Red Channels, and he was in it, like blacklisted. He had communist ties. Didn't he? Na- you know what, bro? What's that? He narrated the pamphlet. That's what gave it away. <laughs> no, in the audio he was pamphlet. in it. And he got blacklisted. Oh, wow. So you know what he did? He ratted out everybody? Yes. He did? He didn't stand up for himself and say, you can't target hey, me. Hey, we don't know. To be fair, we, all right, I'm going to, old Mike is saying, let's, uh, let's be fair. We don't know. We don't know why he did that. <laughs> you well, just can't immediately Pete, uh, say Seeger he. Pete got he'll... really pissed. Pete Seeger Accused him of naming names and betraying the cause, uh, oh, cultural fuck. political freedom. You know, to save his ass. What? what they about- did reunite years and years later, but but Pete Seeger was very mad at him for a long time. Wow, I didn't realize that. What about Arlo Singer? I <laughs> that is son. <laughs> yeah, Arlo Guthrie. I mean, Arlo Seeger is. That's like a big okay, crossover. Now we puzzle. have our funny joke. That he's got arms in the back of, so it's an optical illusion that he's, you know, how is he putting things in his cart if his hands are behind him? Is is this because there's Brooks Shields in his jacket, or this is like a vaudevillian trick he brings to the supermarket? It's a vaudevillian trick, <gasps> and the people in the grocery here are supposed to be like, to show what a character Bill is, you know? And right. He brightens your day. Like, they don't show it to you. They just... This is a movie obsession of mine, the uh, supermarket, because uh-huh. it really dates the movie. Like, this is what a movie... This is what a supermarket had in 1978. Yeah. A lot of produce, a lot of cans, you know, drab carpeting. No U- UPC symbols. No UPC Maybe symbols. Maybe they were by then, but they certainly wasn't getting scanned. You had to... Ch- uh, yeah, to key it all in. Right. They didn't have club cards. Here's our bad guy. Oh, yeah. Now, he's yelling at Brooke Shields in the bathroom because Brooke Shields, this guy's name is William Ross. He was on uh, Boy Meets World. He was on Wise Guy on television. He was in lots of soap operas. All right. He was in the movie The Right Stuff, and he was in American History X. He... Um, he gave Brooke Shields uh, money to go get, like, a drug drop-off, and, like, it didn't go down, and so he wants answers. He wants the stuff, or he wants the money. Who does he play in the movie? He plays a guy named... Oh, I don't know. Oh, no, I'm just... I'm making a joke. I thought you were saying in real life, he, Brooke Shields. He asked Brooke Shields mm-hmm. to do that. 
His name's William Russ in real life. I'm not sure his character's name because it was a weird... They just refer to him as his last name. But we just think of him as the bad guy. Now, here's Brooke Shields on the run naked. 13-year-old Brooke Shields on the run naked in California. Yes. In the old Vavillian retirement home. Whoa! Uh-oh. Did you see that? Yeah. Hang on. Now, Brooke Shields was often naked because she was a model. Um... She was best known. Yeah. She was discovered. uh, Let's see, where is it here? Um, Oh, here it is. French director Louis Mallet cast her as a 12-year-old New Orleans prostitute who becomes the romantic obsession of a much older painter in Pretty Baby. That was her big break. Okay, I never saw that. Through her teens, S.H.I.E.L.D. was among the world's top fashion models. Right. And she did a lot of Bob Hope specials, but she did the... Oh, there she is. She's in the trunk of the old car. You have a naked girl in your trunk, Bill. That's okay. Put the cones in the back seat. Look at him. <laughs> With his... Times they they weren't called gingers back then. He was just a redhead. Right. And it was also cool to keep a little girl in the back seat of your car. It was a different time. Different time. See you later. See you next week on Thursdays on NBC. Just you and me, kid. Back in 1979, it would be shocking if a movie became a television show. You know what I mean? It would be like, if you loved Animal House, here's Delta House. And they would be like, boo. (laughs) And now it's like, you love Boss Baby? Well, Boss Baby Adventures are available on Netflix. Well, there you go. So now it's like, what are you doing in the back of my car? And she's not giving any answers. And she's like, take me home. And she's like, if you don't take me home, you're in a lot of trouble because I'm a naked girl in the back of your car and I will start screaming. Yes. So he goes, I'll take you home. He goes, she goes, what are you staring at? He goes, I forgot that I need to get that tube inflated. <laughs> That's a really good church burns. <laughs> Uh, I do a terrible Gracie Allen if you ever want to do an impression. Oh, okay. I'll All do right. George. All right. Say goodnight, Gracie. Um, okay. Goodnight, Gracie. That was their joke. That was their joke. Yeah, or she would say goodnight, Gracie. Yes. Right. I'm, I'm aware of... Uh... But he was also in, like, other... If you ever watch TCM for more than two hours, they should always play, like, pavilion short footage. Hopefully mm-hmm. they do. Uh, and he has like another act. So one of the things about movies is when people in the trunk of cars, whether it's a classic, you know, roasters like his or like a real car, they always look comfortable. <laughs> it's just not realistic. It's not just realistic. I mean, Chris Tucker looked pretty uh, comfortable. So I found a 1996 interview when Brooke Shields got suddenly. Susan, and she was remembering this movie, and she can't really remember it. Let's see, here it is. Um, just You and Me, Kid, was just a lovely Hollywood experience where the old guard was still intact. You're on the lot, you got a bike, you sort of felt like there was a semblance of studio system. I got to work with all these legendary actors, and we'll see that, you know, these actors in a... Ray uh, Bul- I saw Ray Bulger listed in the credits. Yeah, 
And there, there's a, there's like four of those guys. Um, George Burns could not have been a more of an ideal grandfather figure to me. He was so funny. And then I made him laugh, which was such an elevating emotional experience for me. Then she goes, I couldn't even tell you what the movie was about, but I remember the coat with the fake hand, running away and hiding and being a squeaky-voiced little kid. It didn't matter because making these movies was my summer sport. My friends went to camp. I made movies. Right. Can't say that I ever really took them seriously. I took my work seriously, but not as a craft, more as a life. Whatever that means. She's just being a kid right now on stage. Yeah. yeah. You know. So she is now, George Burns is trying to find out what's going on, you know? Right. And she's just not talking about how she ended up there. Now he's like, come upstairs and get dressed. And she's like, how do I know you're not a pervert? And he goes, if I was a pervert, I would have cards made. Boom, I don't get that. Like uh, business cards, you know, George Burns, pervert. <laughs> there's a lot of unfunny jokes in here. There's a great, there's a great person on the internet, just a regular woman, no one famous, who did a review and she had a great quote on I'll find it. Uh, it was about these dumb jokes. Okay. Now's a good time to say if you uh, want to advertise on the show, uh, send us an email. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Carl. <laughs> Here it is. The movie was really boring pretty much all the time. Bill likes to make jokes that suck dick, yet he thinks Kate doesn't like them because she's young. Sorry, Bill. Everyone hates your jokes. Wow. A lot of haters for Bill. Internet yeah. haters. Well, you know, if we were listening to the audio, you'd see why these jokes aren't funny. Well, you know, back then there was no such thing as dad jokes. Dad jokes were pretty horribly racist jokes that they overheard. You know? Right. And now dad jokes are jokes that you, uh, you actually want your kids to hear. Like dad jokes are the jokes that your dads are not going to tell you. That's what dad jokes are. That's why they're, they roll their eyes like, oh, a pun? Yeah, because I didn't tell you that other joke. That's the reason why you get the pun. <laughs> so this is like before dad culture kind of hit dad joke. It became a shorthand. I think uh, our show is uh, dad humor core. Don't you think so? Yes, I absolutely do. We're dad humor core. Being as we're dad. Yeah. Or dad joke core. Dad joke core? Dad joke core. We're dad d- joker. Yeah. Okay, so now she's dressed in boy clothes, and she's going to try to make her escape. Oh, no, it's locked on the inside. She's a tomboy. She's oh. a tomboy, but not by choice. Oh, yeah, so she's got the grandpa locks on the door. The neighborhood's gone to hell. That's why I installed six more locks to my door. Well, he's making another dumb joke now. He's saying that such and such made the greatest lock in the world. Nobody could break it. You know, nobody could get in. And then he goes, but unfortunately, nobody could get out either. And there's bars on all the windows, by the way. I noticed that. There's even bars for staircases. Did you see that? The staircase is a bunch of metal bars. Yeah. 
The only bar that isn't there, he lets her know, is in the bathroom. So she's like, please, Dad, go to the bathroom. And then she jumps out the window. Of course. The second time she did that. Right. What is this you have on your table? Salt shaker? <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. I've heard of it, but only in legend. Egad, my omelet has an electrifying zing to it. It's as if the sixth sense has opened up. Now, as you know, there's often a party to a movie, like an after party after the opening or a party for the press or whatever. Now, I'm not sure which party, but it was a party to promote this movie, um, and it was 1979 New York City. It was Studio 54. You remember that place, right? Oh, yeah, sure. I've been there a couple of times with Drew Barrymore back then. Well, the times I was at Studio 54 was like way after its famous prime, you did know? You, did you actually so, go to Studio 54? I did go to Studio 54 and got in, uh, even though I was underage. But the thing is, it wasn't exciting. There, It was just, it was, it was a bore. The place was jam-packed full of people. There was music playing so loud, I could not hear a thing uh, that my friends were saying. Including Tom Kroll, I just laughed. <laughs> Shout out to Tom Kroll. Yeah, it's yeah. great to not be able to hear what Tom Kroll's saying. I recommend <laughs> it for anybody. Wait, I just gave him a shout out. Oh man! <laughs> uh, you should have seen him shouting out in that place. Blah, 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 I can't hear you. Tom, I can't hear you. Blah, blah, blah. But but Brooke Shields, when, because one of the things about her was that she was also famous for that Calvin Klein commercial, where yeah. uh, the catchphrase is "What's between me and my Calvin's nothing." Is that, am I right? Right. Yeah. Right. 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 And uh, that became such a, a cultural milestone and outrage and just controversy off the scales. And yep. so she would go to Studio Fifty Four afterwards. Well, I mean, she and George were at Studio 54 just because it was the hit place. They were not there as to party. I mean... Oh, yeah. So this is before the, the Calvin Klein. I'm sorry. Brooke Shields' mother was very... Really uh, kept her kept her locked up. You know what I mean? Kept her away from the prying eyes of the world. Uh, and at the time, we were like, the lady's a bitch. But no, she was really being a good mom. In my opinion. Yeah. Okay, so this is once again just, this is the, Brooke Shields is a step, is a foster child, and this is the foster dad. And so he's just, he's on the look for her. If he's the foster dad, he didn't bring any ice cream, did he? <laughs> oh, I think of the he's foster. A drunk, yeah. I, I thought the there, foster freeze guy. What? That's a, a Bay Area ice cream place. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, all right. Foster's to me is an Australian beer. That's why you drink it upside down. Oh, that's good. Yes. <laughs> Several times. All but right, you so, chug it. You, you put the top of the can to the sky. Um, he's a drunk Brooke too. Shields was nominated. There's something called the Young Artist Awards. I don't even know if they're, they're around anymore. She was nominated for Best Juvenile Actress in, emotional, in a Motion Picture because of this film, and she didn't win. Oh. And who did she lose to? Good question. Probably Drew Barrymore. Oh, no, Jodie Foster and, uh, or uh, who were contemporaries? They were like young kids. Like Jodie Foster did a lot of edgy movies. Jodie Foster was definitely her age in the 70s, right? Uh, and I guess Drew Barrymore. Well, no, Drew Barrymore. Started a little bit e. later. Because she was the littlest girl in E.T. E.T. and then Firestarter. She was a, a, the headliner on that. Yeah, and she was just a little girl. She was the... Um, 
There's, a, there's another one who became Steven Spielberg's little girl. Huh. She, you know who I'm talking about, right? Uh, She's grown up now, and she was in that cherry bomb. What's her name? The internet will tell me. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll believe you. She was in the Runaways movie. She was in 1941. She was in... Uh, there was a Runaways movie. Who was in 1941? Well, no, I'm just, that movie was such a bomb. I thought that's why you were singing Cherry Bomb. Oh, yeah. No, it was the Joan Jett movie. Oh, yeah, I've never seen that. What is her name? It was good. You should see it. Right. And I listened to the commentary with Joan Jett on it, and she was like pretty much... You know, it, it wasn't true factually because, you know, you have to make a movie. But right. pretty much everything in the film was true in the sense that it did go down that way. It was It's worth seeing Cherry Bomb. I don't know what it's called. Is that what it's called? I, I think so. Or The Runaways or... Uh, the Runaways. Or so, yeah, no, maybe not. I'll, I'll figure it out. But if, if people could figure it out. Uh, and Hello, Daddy. Yes. Hello, Mom. Uh-huh. Oh, it's a great fan. All right, so they're uh, now they're just family, right? Now they're just like week two of the sitcom. Well, now, yeah, what's happening here is he's uh, being a tailor for the suit, his suit, you know, making it fit her right. And she's like, oh, let me change in the bathroom. Which we're watching right now. No, Jeez. Yeah. You, you told me it has no bars. Oh, so she's the, here's she's climb up. But as an audience member, we just watched her get dressed, so we got it both ways. Here come the nosy neighbors. Oh, it's Mario and Luigi. Yeah. They're the power they twins. Yeah, they look like they're uh, late for a Saturday they morning might know super his face. Look at that. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, oh, she's okay. She just landed on a potted plant. I'm George Burns. I was standing by the door and I heard a crash. <laughs> so I immediately opened the door. What are you doing jumping off two floors and surviving? Are you unbreakable? <laughs> I mean, people fall off the roofs and they, they break their feet. It's not fun. Now, is Pam joining us? Because I got to go at six. Yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, I'll tell you what's happening right now. Uh, because today is the, uh, what's today, May 24th? Uh, yes, it's 27. May 27, 2008. Uh, Pam is uh, here. There's a car- <laughs> There's carnival happening right now, uh, uh-huh. which is uh, a giant festivity here in the Mission District, and we're right in the heart of it. All the streets are closed because there's a parade, no joke, a block from us. I had to cross the street, Carl. I had to cross the parade to come here and do the show. So, wow. Uh, Pam just got here and she'll be in for a couple seconds. We have a special guest tonight, uh, Pam uh, Benjamin from Mutiny Radio and Comedy and four great podcasts, five great podcasts, and uh, she'll be here in a couple seconds. So, uh, yeah, don't worry, Carl. I got you covered. You know, we should mention you, that uh, if, uh, if you're a long-time listener, thank you so much. Just uh, we appreciate you following us. You should go to mutinyradio.fm. It'll take you to pcrcollective.org. You'll see a donate button. Press that. That'll take us to our PayPal page and donate five bucks. The minimum. Yes, please do. Or more at this point. Uh, and we appreciate that. Uh, so they're still in the living room. 
Well, he's now tending to her wound, and he's saying, I have to go see my friend Max, who doesn't talk. There's this guy, Max, he's like in a crazy mental institution kind of place, or a home, whatever it is. Right. And he just refuses to talk anymore. Uh, so George goes to see him every day. So, and, can um, I get, before you leave this hour, let me guess. She walks in, and he goes, pedophile. Right? No, what pedophile? I yeah, don't know no. When saying, when but. when the when the friend meets uh, George Burns at Brooke Shields, he he finally speaks. He turns to George Burns and says, "Oh, that's when he speaks." Yeah, <laughs> he points his finger. Yeah, he points his finger at George Burns. Pedophile. Oh, I can speak again, you perv. <laughs> so um, he's off to. He's playing her bad music right now, by the way. I don't know. If it's oh, you let's, you, let's listen to it. Okay. Uh, da, da, uh, it must be the police. Oh, no, he's chatting right now. Oh, he's trying to say, like, come on, you could tell me the truth. You're on the run from the cops. Right, here, here it is. Van on the run. Oh, Brooke on the run. Brooke on the run. So she's still not over like, you could be a crazy. Right. And you've got your weapons on the wall. But at this point, she could be the crazy because she's been doing, uh, uh, she hasn't left yet. She took a shower, right? She ate some food. Mm-hmm. She used this thing called a salt shaker, which she didn't have. Yeah, right. What is this there. weird thing? What's this weird thing? Oh, pepper, sure. The tagline of this film is, the story of two juvenile delinquents. Because oh. <laughs> George is just so cutesy, cutesy. He's just well, then, juvenile. What point? What year do you think he finally turned into an old man? Gosh, I guess. Do you, are you old at seventy? Are you old? At, I sort of think that sixty-five is the birth of your old. Right, because he was born in 1896, because you said he right, died. Right, yeah, yeah, 18, right. Born in 1896. So, uh, yeah, so let's see. Well, I'm going to ask our audience to do the math for us, because I just don't have time. But, uh, yeah, so he was pretty old back then. But in his career, you know, he was this young whippersnapper, and he had the radio show, and he had the the, the groundbreaking television show where he addressed the uh, the viewer directly, the camera directly. Uh, and he would watch a television monitor of a sitcom and say, well, let's see what's going on. You know, uh, and then he, uh, I don't know, he had like, you know, reputation, he was a legend, but I think he became this older man. And of course, oh, he did all those, like, uh, seems like, he did like uh, the movie with Walter Mondo, uh, when they're, uh, Walter Mondo, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, Walter Matthew, going yeah. in style? Going in, well, there's going in style, and there's the fabulous, the Golden Boys, or the Sunshine Boys. Well, the Sunshine Boys, yeah, that was 1975, he won an Academy Award for that. That was him returning to film after 30 years off. Okay, there you go. And we all know, oh God. Now, he had three oh gods, but the one in 77, the first one, that was the the one that was worth it. Going in style, I guess, was the bank robbery one. Right. So if, it, if it's Okay, a, so here's yeah. Burl Ives. Oh, let's listen to the, the, the lovely voice. even thought about not coming today, but who the hell can resist us? Oh, he can't talk, right? He's the guy with the most famous he voice. He can, but he refuses to, yeah. 
he but he's known like just as George Burns is known as an actual vaudevillian. Verlies is known for his voice. Mm-hmm. He is. Yeah, I would I would demand my money back. <laughs> <laughs> I would say like so he's like I can't stay. There's this woman at my house, and he tells them the whole story really about you know the naked lady in his trunk, naked girl in his trunk. And he's uh, silent but bonery. Now, I don't think I'll be around for it, so I just want to let you know that later on, Brooke Shields says, you should not talk to him. And he goes, what? And she says, well, I was in a foster home, and this one kid wouldn't talk because he didn't want to. So we started to ignore him, and then he started talking. And then later, George Burns goes, okay, Max, I'm not coming back. This is it. Been great to know you, and that's when he goes, "Wait, Bill!" And he oh, that's what talk. he says. So Brooke saves the day. I would figure you would say, "Like, would you just shut the fuck up?" <laughs> Thank God, Thank you're not God. Back. Where's so Gracie? George Burns was asked in the interview, "How was it getting along working with a 14-year-old actress?" Now she was 13 during the filming of this, but I guess this was I don't know. Right. When it came out. And he goes, actually, Brooke was acting since she was four. That's nothing. I was acting when I was two. And that's so George Burns to top somebody. Right. Well, when I was seven, I was in the Pee Wee Quartet. So I told her I started so young that I had more experience. <laughs> She's a good kid. She sent me a pair of roller skates. How did she know that I needed another pair of roller skates? ha, <laughs> ha. Uh, there you go. George, oh, and he also did Sgt. Pepper's Only Heart Club Van by 79 too, right? I, you know, that's not on the internet. I remember that yeah. seeing that movie. Now, here we have Peter Brady. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's the guy on the left in the middle. If you're, Christopher Knight. Yeah. Um, so, I was looking up Christopher Knight, and, like, there's lots of stuff I could tell you, but it's all very boring. You know it. You know it. Yeah, I know Christopher But here's Knight. what's interesting about him. In 1988, he, did, he quit acting, and he decided I would go into, com- he would go into computers, and he sold this huge million-dollar sale within the first 18 months of being on the job. That doesn't sound like quit to me. Uh, he was employee of the year for them. But the thing is, it's like Peter Brady comes in, you know what I mean? He's got like an edge. Oh, yeah. You would say, of course, Mr. Brady. I mean, Mr. Knight. Right. Yeah. So um, anyway, then from what I looked, it looks to me like he did terrible because in 95, he's with this one company. 96, he's with this one. 97, he's with this one. 98, he's with, he founded his own. So I thought you he was a real pain in the ass to work with. The only other interesting thing about him was he did one time of professional wrestling. April 17, 1994, Knight huh. lost his professional wrestling debut in a dark match in Chicago. His adversary was another child star, Partridge Family's Danny Bonaduce. Uh, surprise of surprises. <laughs> surprises of surprises. No for Danny Bonaduce. So one time... I was in Jersey City uh, going up to a client, uh, you know, into their office building. And there's Bonnie Ducci walking down the street with somebody else. And I'm walking towards him and he's walking towards me. And he had this look on his face like, I'm about to have an encounter. 
like somebody's about to say, "Hey, aren't uh-huh. you? Uh, it's great to meet you, man." Yeah, that's so you know me. what I did. Uh huh. What? Completely ignored him. <laughs> yeah, he wrote I about did. you in his memoirs, your chapter forty-six. <laughs> I just walked right by and I said, "Nope, not gonna." Do-. Yeah, I'm sure that hurt him. You said, I'll tell you this, Mike. I know it didn't hurt him, but it hurt him for that second. Yeah. He he saw on his face he was about to be like, "Oh hey." Did you say? Aren't you? Aren't you Adam Rich for Vays Enough? You were my favorite. Oh, that would have been so much better. Go back in time. If I had said, "Hey, Carl, aren't you?" You, <laughs> you know. When you go back in time and tell that to uh, Denny Modigucci, <laughs> can you credit me? Yes. Yes. So you go back in time. You'll be walking by Danny Bonaduce, and, and uh, he'll give you a look like, "Yeah, here it comes." You're gonna ask me. And you'll say, "Hey, Danny Bonaduce, aren't you out of Ritz from uh, uh, Is Enough?" I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan, and he'll be crushed. And then you'll say, "Writing credit, Mike Spiegelman," and then you come back into the future. <laughs> I love crediting you. You did that on a tweet. I thought that was very flattering. You can take. You the, deserve it. By the time I did it on a tweet. I did it on that song. Uh, I do it on Facebook. Well, okay, yeah. now the director, right? His name's Leonard Stern. Uh-huh. And I think he spent a lot of years in television. He's a screenwriter, film, television producer, this director. Is shot, he I mean, co-wrote this thing. They're sitting on a couch in the living room. I mean, this is shot like a sitcom. There's no doubt about it. Yes. But here's the most interesting thing about this director, he is one of the co-creators with this guy named Roger Price. He's one of the co-creators of the classic game Mad Libs. He, wait, what's his last name? His last name is Stern. Stern. Leonard Stern. And so the publishing house of Mad Libs is like Stern something and Stern, right? Uh-huh. I don't know, but he... Now, he was on the... He was part of the Steve Allen show. It's like a writer or something. And that's where it was born. He did a shtick with the audience. You know, you, you ask them for an adverb, an adjective. And for some reason, you know, he thought it up with this guy, Roger Price. And he took it to become a game. Robert Price. That's the other name, Robert Price. Yeah. 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 He said, listen, name. I have a adjective noun uh, of game. Game for uh, Napoleon Dynamite. This was filmed in uh, Los Angeles and Van Nuys, California. Very boring. Well, this is another. That's another sitcom thing. Like everything seems like it's from Los An- uh, California. Yeah. Because you know? this is what pe- kids like us in New Jersey think California looks like. Okay, so this is his daughter, and the daughter is very suspicious that he is going senile. And the daughter is, her name's Lauren Gray, but when you see her face, you'll go, oh, it's the wife in Jaws. Okay. And that's Peter Brady, too, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, but you see, it's, uh, what, what is it, Sheriff Brody? It's the wife. Oh, yeah, no, I got you. I, I see bits and pieces of that movie, but I've always seen the first fifteen, so I've seen her in that. You didn't see Jaws. I, I seen. I started watching it, and then I just didn't watch the rest of it. That's all. Uh huh. What you hate Jaws? I love Jaws. It was very, very well done. 
You can't see the husband very well. If you did, you'd know his face. Right. Um, well, this is definitely like a California suburban area where there's giant trees in everyone's backyard, front yards. I guess this is Van Nuys. I guess. Yeah, that's probably right. You see her face now? She's the wife and oh, well, right, yeah. you don't know that. Wait, this year she was also in that movie, 1941. Oh, um, uh, which I've seen a couple times. She was in Dragnet, McLeod. Well, well you know, in, the, uh, reason, the reason why she was in 1941 is that right. she's probably the woman who got it first gets assaulted by Jaws, right? The famous one in the trailer. The, uh-huh. And they do the joke in 1941 where the same woman, her... No, no, I'm wrong. If she's playing the wife, then I'm thinking of a different person. But there's a trivia fact that the actress who got chomped by Jaws in the first movie, the first chomp, she shows mm-hmm. up in 1941 with a joke. That it's, a, it's a submarine that attacks her. You see yeah. his face now? Do you recognize him? Well, he looks like an Ewok with these trees. Foster, I don't know. With all these trees around him, he looks like an Ewok with that 80s suit. The, the forest moon. Forest moon. So, you know, one thing I got to mention, like, let's bring it up. He's a retired vaudevillian who owns an insanely nice house and drives a vintage car in a neighborhood that doesn't key at the moment he parks outside, you know, Cala Foods. <laughs> I mean, if someone parked that, that car is like what Fatty Arbuckle drove up and down the coast. I mean, that's like, it's just such a reckless piece of, mechan- you know, selfish piece, like it's two-seater and, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just meant to put around. So, but he, that's because he made a killing in vaudeville? I guess it doesn't, it, the, the backstory doesn't, he wouldn't have made this kind of money. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if the performers get screwed over, maybe. Back in vaudevillian days, maybe 100 years ago, maybe that yep. existed. But, it, you know, how can he, he would have to be like savvy. He would have to be a movie star. I mean, he has headshots of his dead wives in his, on his, uh, in between on his, his wall, yeah. On his wall, yeah. So he said, he pretended he was going to the store, and then he thought they would leave right away. So he ran around the block and came back. And he saw and them white waiting for them. He an excuse. He pulls up and he goes, did I say goodbye to you? And they go, yes, Dad, you did. And he goes, good, and drives away. Wow, he's good, man. He's like a Axel Foley. You see the cane? Right. He gave her a cane to use because her foot is hurt, and then he puts the hat on. He says, look, the two things go together. They're, you can't break up the set. So that's why she's in that hat. Uh, true Vavillian. We made a lot of money off the arts. True Vaudevillian. would have like, meet John Ford. He's the real life coward who shot Jesse James in the back as he reenacts the cowardly time he shot Jesse James in the back. And people are like, boo, get out of my town, see you next tour. You know, that, that is like an 1880s, you know, going around from place to place. tour. But the next act would be Baby Burns and Baby Allen and... Say goodnight, baby Ellen. You know. <laughs> Say goodnight. Goodnight, Gracie. <laughs> he never gets mad, too. He doesn't do, like, the Jackie Gleason slow burn of Gracie. Nope. 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 He always, I mean, he, he doesn't even get frustrated with her stupidity. That was her whole joke. She's dumb. Yeah, I, but, I mean, was he condescending towards her? 
No, that's the thing. He like he would set her up to say something dumb, and then he'd set her up to say something dumb, and they he wouldn't even roll his eyes. Right. So now he's trying to make uh, Brooke Shields do the act. Nope, not really. She, she doesn't say dumb things. And okay, so now we have the neighbors spying again. Now this wife, yeah, uh, she is Andrea Howard. She was in the nude bomb as Agent Twenty Two. You know the Get Smart film. I love that movie. And if it was on YouTube, full length, we'd be watching it, Carl. But no, uh-huh. no question about it. Yeah, uh, in 1980, uh, they decided to make a feature-length movie, theatrically released, uh, Get Smart uh, movie, based on the, right. with the actual actors, actual storyline, continuing from the storyline. And the premise was that there was a bomb that makes people naked when it detonates. Right. Yeah. And she was Asian I don't know, it wasn't that great a film? I enjoyed it. They were in a volcano. Well, they had the cones of silence. There was some funny stuff. It has the famous scene where his desk is a car. And he, yeah. he drives out of the building and he gets on the freeway and a cop pulls him over. Do you remember that? Nope. I, I guess I remember him driving his, his desk. The, I, I the don't cop, remember. The cop pulls him over and says, do you know how fast your desk has been going? <laughs> that, was the, that was a joke. Now the neighbor's coming over. Now this neighbor is the dentist from MASH. Do you remember the dentist in MASH? There was a dentist in MASH? In the movie. Oh, in the movie. Okay. Yeah, and he was like, I'm going to kill myself, and everyone pretended they didn't care. And then he killed himself, and they drank whiskey over his body? Well, they gave him uh, sleeping pills instead of, you know, you know, so that way he would wake up and say, thank God I'm not dead. But, I mean, he's been in Star Trek. He was Daddy Warbucks on Broadway. Everybody's in Star Trek. Oh, really? He was McMillan and wife. He was a cop. Oh yeah, so this guy, the one talking to him, the big, the big yeah. giant guy. Yeah, no, I know who he is for sure. Now he also played Herman Munster in 1980s when the you know they came. The new Munsters. Second, yeah. Yeah. You know, someone told me I read that the the Munsters and the Adams family both premiered on the same night, and their last episodes were on the same night. That sounds right. That sounds like uh, television Hollywood trying to compete. Yeah. I don't know about, but about the last episode, that's just a coincidence. Yeah, that's weird. Okay, so this guy, his name is uh, John Shuck. He was married to this woman, an actress named Susan Bay, and they divorced in 1983. And then Bay married Leonard Nimoy, Mr. Spock. And Su- Nimoy helped raise his kids. Susan Day from uh, Partridge Family? The L.A. Law? Uh, Susan Day? No. I know what you're talking about. It was D-A-Y, Susan Day. Oh, I gotcha. Just a coincidence. So who raised her child? Spock. Mr. Spock raised his child. Oh. Now, I found an interview, and it was on a Star Trek site, because I was really intrigued. I wanted to tell you some great story, like, I hate that pointy-eared bastard. But no, (laughs) no. They're friends. That's how Susan got to know Leonard. That's so great. Fine. You know, actually, little known fact: that baby was actually conceived on an episode. That baby was conceived on an episode of The Love Boat when Spock ah, Pam, came. Hi. Yeah, hey. Yeah, I was about I don't to know, say. I, I don't know if you knew about that. That that baby was actually a, a Spock, uh, a Susan Day 
Kobe. It was like a. It was. A, it became the best lawyer ever. I don't know. It came out later on L.A. LA Live, Law, think, but it was birth uh, on the uh, Love Boat. <laughs> wow. There was a, a, a little known one with Gopher. Uh, Gopher was there too. There was a strange. Th- it wasn't going to be. They were going to do a threesome. They were going to be crazy uh, on the on the TV, and the, Mr. Spelling was really going off the rails at that point. But then they they just took how, Gopher right out of there. How many babies were conceived during the season run of uh, Love Boat? Of Love Boat, uh, like I think that I think that if I've I've looked at the data, it's over 722 children uh, were conceived on the set itself. You know, with the people that are not only the actors but the other people on the Love Boat. I mean, it is Love Boat. But then if you look at the numbers of babies who were conceived while just watching the Love Boat show during its syndication, oh sure, those numbers are off the chart. Like you can't even you can't even map those numbers. A lot of lonely Saturday nights. <laughs> yeah. Watching uh, that was the original Netflix and chill, of course. Of course, we're talking about Fantasy Island and Love Boat. There, I said it. All right, so look, he's he's looking at the camera, or they zoom up to him, like like God, George Burns. No, has, he doesn't do that shtick. Yeah. But that's his trademark, so people just expect it. He did a lot of advertisement too, right? Like, so by the time 1979, so if he retired from acting, if he returned from his retirement after the Sunshine Boys, he did yeah. the uh, Oh God, You Devil oh, movies God, you devil. I was gonna say. Uh, over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then uh, three of them. Oh, and this actor, he's the one who played that guy who went off the cliff. Remember that great movie where he's a singer? And that's Aiden Quinn. Is that Aiden Quinn? Is that poor man's Aiden Quinn or rich man's Aiden Quinn? In oh. the car. Well, no, the, the guy car. The guy leaning on the car. The guy leaning on the car's name's William... Let's see, where is it? He was in... Um, was he in Eddie and the Cruisers? Because he looks really familiar to me. Is he Eddie? Didn't Eddie fall off no. the fire? Yeah, I think that was the one. But then but Eddie lives. Well, there yeah, that was William the... Eddie Rush. and the Cruisers really freaked Eddie me out. Because it was William a really Rush? romantic movie. And I watched it many times as a child. But I don't think I ever understood what was happening. This guy, William Russ, was in The Right Stuff. He was in Pastime 1990. He was in American History X. Wow. He was on Boy Meets World sitcom. That's at Tower of Records. He was on Boy... That's where I must know him from, is Boy Meets World, honestly. George Byrne buys his albums from Tower of Records. He had a yellow Tower Records uh, label. That must have been really hip. But he buys, like, vintage vaudevillian music. Well, there's a... No, he doesn't. He got him. Uh, he got her Saturday Night Fever. Oh, is that it's the actually plan? one of the co- uh, continuity problems in the film. He goes to Tower Records. He buys Saturday Night Fever, puts on for tape, and the song that plays is needs is on neither of the two records on. Oh, the oh my God! I was hoping he was going to dance. I was just going to say, I hope he dances. He's going to do anything. Oh, he, we, we, oh paid full, we paid money to see this movie. I, he's going to dance. He's going to dance because he's, he he's fucking George Burns. Yeah. He's doing the Penguin Waddle. Tapping. Dippity tap, dippity. Joe in the he news. Can't, but he does that stiffness. Like, he does that, like, show business thing where he's above it all. Like, he knows. Like, he's a. I know. Like, Bing does that, too. Well, when Gene Kelly did that crazy scene at the end of of uh, the other 70s movie, what's it where the muses all come to life and they all dance on roller skates? Oh, Xanadu. Xanadu. So Gene Kelly, late in life, old man, not as old as George Burns here, but did really great stuff uh, in that huge song dance montage in the middle of the movie for no reason. He was also in That's Entertainment Part 3 where he said to the camera, let's get a Pepsi and watch these clips (laughs) along those lines. So the man knows how to work. So yeah, like George Burns became this old man, I guess by the Sunshine Boys, this is what he was, and he advertised whatever it was, and he looked, he wore the same outfit, and uh, 
And he, and he acted with monkeys. Didn't he also act with a lot of apes in movies in his later life? I don't or was that just everyone in the 70s? Well, Clint Eastwood starred in two orangutan movies, right? Mm-hmm. Back to back. And right. Was, yeah. Any which way. But loose. And oh shit, the return of Any Which Way But Loose. <laughs> oh. Well, then it became popular to have dogs in movies. You know, you had Turner and Hooch. and Yeah, right. You Canine. Had, uh, Ryan, all the. Uh, Tango and Cat. No, no. Uh, uh, God, someone just to do a remake of Tango and Cash with monkeys. Just dress them up. <laughs> All right, so here we are. It's my fetish of people going to stores in different decades. So the bad guy will later catch up with this woman and try to, you know, and, and she will help him figure out who George Burns is. And she's just an innocent. She's just being nice. Huh. Well, he needs to get some of his lotions and creams there. Over-the-counter right. lotions and creams. How's it hanging? Pretty low. I would like some balm, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he ties his bow ties. I'd like some benzodiazepines. I'd like some quaaludes. I'd like... Remember when you could get quaaludes? That was called the 70s. Yeah, this is 79, so he's, he's getting some quaaludes right now. Well, the expiration date in your quaaludes is 1960. We better, get, we better do something. Yeah, well, let's take these and I'll refill your bottle. Yeah. Is he the love interest or just like he's going to do stick? No. No, she's just there for the plot so that the bad guy can, can find them. Oh. So yeah. there's a plot here. It's more than just George Bird's tap dancing around being like, I'm an old guy. He does stick every time he goes out to the supermarket. He does like magic tricks and stuff. But he's not doing anything for this lady. Ma- no magic tricks? I think that cops should learn magic tricks because that would be disarming like well, if a cop came up to you and he's like look I could make this coin disappear <laughs> well I got it out of your ear but then that would ease tensions I agree <laughs> speaking of tensions is he breaking into the house well the neighbors called the daughter and said that there's a young girl uh, a teenager you know jumping out the window trash in the and joint. so the daughter's like you got to tell me what's going on, Dad. You, you, you're imprisoning a girl in your house? Oh, I see. This is the daughter of... Uh... This is... The, yeah, he's, the she's worried daughter. about the safety of Brooke Shields. Which, uh, which mother is, is she... Uh, who's her mom? Photo number one, two. Uh, I know that that is the third photo. Is she Gracie's kid? No, no. This is... George Burns' daughter in the movie. Right. She thinks that George Burns is going senile. Right. And now she's hearing from the neighbors that he's imprisoning a young lady. Right. This is when they bring in those, like, old, like, Moliere twists where they're like, oh, it's kind of like, well, where's she going to, there's a girl somewhere. Where's she going to, oh, it's the crazy twists. Everyone thinks, what's this crazy old man doing? He, he walks down, he has three photos on his wall. His first wife, his second wife, and a photo of himself. Who's his, who's her mom? Oh, that's what you mean, like when we saw that it was yeah. clearly Gracie? Yeah. It's not explained. It's not explained. He has, she's complaining right now that he has three paternity suits. Uh, <laughs> he never covers who's, who's the mom. Jesus Christ, what a creep ball that guy is. Three paternity suits? Yeah, you can't stop at two paternity suits. A man's gotta have fun sometimes. 
Oops, I did it again. I wrote that. It was because I got another little woman pregnant. See, the problem in acting is when you are, when you, I can just tell by your face, when you go too far, where do you go from there? So she's been upset for so long and she's been so like, really upset. Where do you go from there? How do you right. bring the intensity up? All you can do is just kind of start to sound whiny. Right, it's a good point. So now that's, that, so, that's the that wife scene. in Jaws, Pam. You probably know that film. Jaws, yeah. Miss Brody, Ms. Brody. Ms. Brody gets eaten by a shark? <laughs> Does she? Does Jaws eat Brody's wife? No, no, no. Does she show up in Jaws 2 and Jaws 3? And yes, Jaws? she does. She comes out of retirement for it. Jaws 3D. <laughs> was yeah. it, there was one in 3D. Yeah. That was one with Louis Gossett Jr., right? I've never seen any of the, the Jaws movies. Oh, okay. There's one that's, that's set crazy, in SeaWorld. It's Mike. really good. I've seen Orca. I've seen Piranha. I haven't seen the two recent Piranhas. <laughs> you saw the... You saw the... The rip climb off of... Yeah. <laughs> I saw uh oh underwater monster. Uh but I never saw Jaws. Uh oh, underwater monster. That was a good one. I like that movie. So she was threatening him and it ends up being a trick sword. Uh, Son of a bitch. People paid so much money to watch that trick sword that he was able to retire in this house. It is a little unbelievable that he can afford this house being an ex-vaudevillian. Yeah. Is this before or after Brooke was in Blue Lagoon? After. After? after. Well, so she already showed everyone her titties. And well, then Blue Lagoon was 1980, wasn't it? Yeah, so this was... See, the thing is, things get shot and then they release at a certain oh. time. It's around the same era. I don't know if it was before or after. The blossoming of Brooke Shields. Her early career. So, um, Mike, I want to let you know there's something called the No Shirt Gang coming up. Okay. Um, and, you know, I've got to leave. Right. No, so I hear you. I'm sending you an email right now to Spiegelmania uh, that tells you the information. Now, they come over for a Oh, they're here. These, they're going to have a card game, and they're all magicians. Okay. So they're not allowed to wear shirts. Oh, because they would put an ace up their sleeve. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, now, that guy, he was on Kung Fu. This guy actually came to play cards. That guy was in, uh, was in Wizard of Oz. Wow. Oh, that's Ray Bolger, right? That's the Cowardly Lion? Yeah, no, Ray Bolger. Ray Bolger. Who was Ray Bolger? Scarecrow? No. He was Scarecrow. He was Scarecrow. He looks a little Scarecrow-y. Yeah. He does look like Scarecrow. Now, you've got um, the Blind Master Poe in Kung Fu, but he was also number one son in the Charlie Chan movies. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. And they all about. have to take their shirts off? This is some weird reverse sexism. This is some early feminist equality stuff. We're talking a PG movie where we're showing full man nip. This is, <laughs> well, this is full old man Damn, nip. Damn, you walked in after uh, they found a uh, 13-year-old Brooke Shields naked. They already found a 13-year-old Brooke Shields naked? Yeah. That is, that is edgy. Well, she likes to be topless at that time. the daughter will call the cops. Um, and... The No Shirt Gang has to hide Brooke Shields. So the way they do it is by levitating her. Oh, fuck. <laughs> All right. Well, that's cool. And I got, I got your message, Carl. Yeah, they but I mean. Light as a water. So, light as a feather. Stiff as a board. 
So, Carl, before you get out of here. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, I got to go. Hold on one second. Yeah. Well, Carl's going to leave half. He's bailing on this movie. He's already so seen it. here's the bad guy trying to get closer to George Byrne, and he starts to learn about the interesting car. Um, that's, uh, in the end, going to lead him. He's talking to all the like service people that George Byrne has spoken to. That's right. How do you feel about broccoli? He buys broccoli every Tuesday. I know who you're talking about. The guy. <laughs> the broccoli guy. With He's the, the, car, one, the, the one with the naked with the woman. With the right. naked 13-year-old girl. Carl, any place that people can see you? Uh, just go to carl.socks. You can yeah. come right now to Scotty's Comedy Cove. Um, I'll be doing uh, seven minutes there. But uh, just go to carl.socks. Okay. And I'm playing everywhere for all the summer, every weekend. So... Fucking book. Sounds good, man. Way to go. Sounds All great right. to me. All right. Well, thank you, Carl. We'll see you in three weeks. Bye, Carl. And uh, if not sooner. And, uh, if not sooner. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Thanks. Uh, bye. 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 Well, here we are at the poker game, and they, they got their shirts on. Sweet. It's their undershirts. Uh, oh, it's their undershirt. <laughs> That's stupid. I thought they were going to be shirtless, and we were going to get some, like... Like an old man titty in the house, but no. Which which man did you want to see first? Oh, none of it's not that I it's not that I have like a penchant for old men. But there's four men Fla- there. Like flaccid, there must be one of them. Flaccid titties, but I I just like the equality of it. If they, if they were women, they would have had them in their bras at least. There's no reason why they couldn't have their shirt off. I mean, I think that would be like kind of forwarding like sexy old dudes, you know. Even his undershirt looks like a mock turtleneck. Well, he looks like a turtle. He looks like a thousand-year-old <laughs> snapping turtle. He does look like a he turtle. He might actually be one of the first lizard people come to Earth. Might be one of the few stars that we could uh, Brooks- recognize that are one of the lizard people. Brooks Shields looks like a rabbit, so maybe this is like rabbit in the hair. Could be. Tortoise in the hair. Rabbit in the hair would be the same. Yeah. Right. Tortoise in the hair. Tortoise in the hair. Who's Bill Grant? That's him. He has. Oh, this, the one and only ego- Bill Grant. Yeah, oh, he's an okay. egotist. He... Right. He's a comedian who has an ego. And he has to wear the shirt because he forgets because that's what his daughter thinks now. Oh, he can't remember. He doesn't know who he is. His poker buddy. He's on the first front and the back. Front and the back. That's a little over-marketing, buddy. No, I think the back says something else. It says, would you like a customized t-shirt in 1979? Please check out Rick's roller rink in the back. There's there's an iron. There's an iron t-shirt pressing. Yeah, my wife Gracie has an iron and we've got some letters. Say goodnight, no dead Gracie. air when you're smoking pot. Uh, so here we are in the 70s. With I, this, this scene would be much more exciting to me if the old men would have taken their shirts off. If they would have been brave, if they could have been it's, brave men in 1978, 1979, and said, you know what, my body, my choice, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna be <laughs> out. I'm gonna wave these out and proud and show everyone that. Well, you know, old what, is sexy. Old magicians are, can be sexy. I can't tell if they're worried that the cop is there to pick up the kidnapped girl or they're going to break up their poker game. Good Depends what kind of stakes they were on. If they're playing here they peanuts, go. who cares? Hello, I'm a dithering old man. Uh, nothing to see here. <laughs> oh, all right. Officers, let's leave. Look at pick, oh, look, pick he's, it. He's jogging. He's 70s style. He's James Fixon jogging. I wasn't doing anything. I was just jogging. I was just jogging. Just I was going to get some Perrier. Just jogging. Just some late 70s stuff. Just wearing my look. I like to wear my Rolex when I jog. Don't worry about that. Oh, yeah. Well, you should see the car he drives around. No, no I one, saw him. Yeah, so no one takes his shit. 
No one says like, hey, I'll take this car. I'm surprised I would take that car. I wouldn't take that. I don't know how to drive. It would be a terrible idea for me to even steal oh, it's a car. You, no you, you use your PlayStation controller and you press oh, uh, I triangle. I can't. And you even. get in there and that's like Grand Theft Auto and you drive off. You hit right. X. I can't. I'm not good at video games. I, I just, I have no uh, hand-eye coordination. I don't know my right from my left. Are you good at Pong? No, I'm not good at anything on the computer box. Huh. Uh, it's hard. I just, it's hard. To, my, there's things in my brain. That, it's the same reason I wasn't good at driving actual cars. Is that... Um, I don't, I, even when I'm in a car now, I'm like, I, I tap on the window. It's like, go to the left. I mean, the right, I, I can't do it. It's dangerous. I haven't driven a car in a while. These guys are walking too in Van Nuys, I guess. Nice house. It's a great house. Like, it's ridiculous. I guess you would throw parties. It's like a stage. Like, yeah, I would want to throw parties and have people like sing songs from the, from the lanai. Be like... Well, I would be like, it's such a huge roof, like ceiling in that in that room alone. Uh, they'll be like, okay, so we'll have a, a balloon drop. A like, balloon no. drop, yeah. Well, those are balloons. What are they escape. doing with the girl? What are they now? They're the she's old men sleeping, are, so the old men are grabbing her. They're and they're what? She's sleeping and she doesn't wake up in there, so they're gonna levitate her. Oh, this is what he told us. I'm sorry. Yeah. Spoiler alert for the people well, that are listening Carl and watching. Carl did send me some stuff. Ray Bolger, of course, was an American actor and vaudeville and stage and starred in silent films. And we know him as a scarecrow. Got that. The other poker buddy was the great Ballantine, a vaudeville uh, comedy routine, and where tricks would go hilariously awry and to his mock chagrin. And he's been credited for creating comedy magic. Uh, and Luke Key is the gentleman he was talking about who's the number one son. And uh, he was also in uh, the Woody Allen movie Alice. Oh. Yeah. And I think Steve. Oh, here come the cops. Yeah. Here comes the cops. And I wish, that, like I said earlier, foreshadowing, I guess, I wish the cops would learn some magic tricks. Maybe they could they could pair up together and they got the cops and the... Partners in magic. Partners in magic. That could be a good movie, right? Like a cop yeah. needs to befriend I'm a thinking like a, an Amazon to to, series. It'll just be like, we'll have 12 episodes. No, 23 episodes, season one. Season one, cop and mag- the cop and the magician. Yeah. Look at how disarming magic can be. We'll call the show Abra and Cadabra. Yeah. And it's about Officer Abra, Abra right? Officer Cadabra. Well, that that's great, Officer Cadabra. That's a great name too. Cadabra, because it's like cadaver. Cadaver, yeah. Yeah. Abra Cadabra. Well, I'm sure that's. It's got to be a girl named Abra and a guy, and his last name is Cadabra. Well, uh, Presto Change. Well, Presto Changeo would be another good yeah. one, but Changeo's a weird last name. Sergeant Changeo. No, well, it's Chango, all right? He's Chinese. <laughs> oh, there we go. Well, we won't put that in our pilot, but I do appreciate bouncing the ideas around. Uh, it's disarming. There, there's um, a poker game still going on. And the girl's levitating above them. Is that what's happening? Another, Unbelievable. Another there she is. is. Uh, oh, She's levitated at the ceiling. Unbelievable. Like a balloon. Like a balloon. Like in a high ceiling, like balloons. Absolutely. Yeah, stiff as a feather. Lies and no one's looking yet. up. The of course 13-year-old, they don't look up. 13-year-old Brooke Shields is floating above you. 13-year-old Brooke Shields is floating above you. I think you get like at least some sort of magic trick. It's like a genie or something. Like you make three wishes, and you get to see Brooke's titties. Well, you know, one of the things, she, she got accepted into Princeton. Wasn't that the famous uh, uh, Ivy yeah. League school that, that uh, she went and she got full scholarship? And, of course, she did uh, star in a lot of other movies, and she played herself in a bunch of movies. And we, then in Suddenly Susan. Suddenly, Susan, the sitcom that was on for about seven years, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. With Judd, whatever Judd, Judd, Judd something, the guy from The Breakfast Club. Judd the, Nelson was in there? With the big nostrils, yeah. Huh. Yeah. 
love interest. Susan. Susan. It's just so sudden. <laughs> She's like, no, I've been acting for a long time. It's uh, I was hoping my career would go in other places, but this is fine. Well, she was in a lot of uh, Bob Hope specials too. Oh, Oak Shields. Because she sort of played, even though she she played clean. Look at her; she plays young and innocent. Right. Brown haired ingenue. She's like, I don't want to be an ingenue. Okay, so they tricked the cops because they made her float above them. And then what do they clap, clap, and she's gonna come down? All right, people, if you believe, clap your hands and she'll descend. But uh, how do you get down? Uh, well, hail Satan! Cool as car. He, as he goes down. It looks like James Dean should be driving that car. I know. The ghost of James Dean is. Oops. The ghost of James Dean is in this room right now. The ghost of James Dean is riding that car. Where's the surfboard it. attached to it? Where's He's the what attached surfboard. to? Surfboard. He should have like surfboards hanging off of it. Like I guess the... that car's too small to have a surfboard. I think. Oh. Faulkner's. Is this some sort of homage? Maybe it's a hamburger place. Oh. Southern fried hamburgers. Oh, uh, let's go back to the poker game. I know they're done with what the What was with game. the dumb montage for no reason? I'm going somewhere. I'm coming back. Meh. Oh, that's it's a good over. point. There that's, was, this is that? bad editing. This is, who, how much money did they put into move, these kind of movies back in the day? This looks like, so they said, let's shoot a pilot. And they're like, oops, we made a 90 minute pilot. Let's just release it. How long has it been? I mean, it feels longer. This one is just not. Yeah, you could shake the mouse and see what time it is. Oh boy, we're we past still, the hour. Wow, mark. we've got thirty minutes left. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Well, the premise of this movie is George Burns and Brooke Shields. That's what the nineteen seventy nine premise is like. So, who cares about plot? You know, they'll get into some trouble and because they were both just vehicles that were that famous. Like, yeah. It would be like if you did a movie right now with like, I don't, I can't think of it. But they'd have to be sort of like TV stars, like sort of. Snooki from uh, Jersey Shore. But she's not she's not famous enough. Brooke Shields was like. Well, Brooke Shields had a lot of controversy, so that's maybe Snooki is the old one now, and the young one is like one of those kids that sings on the internet. <laughs> like that's it's a movie date. That'd be the equivalent of this, right? Like, maybe it's the kids uh, the kidscard well, That's not fair because George Burns is pretty fucking famous. So it would be like it would be like. Bruce Willis as the old person and Zach, Zach Efron. Zach Efron as the Yeah, you know, guy. how come they haven't made a movie yet? Zach Efron's made a movie with Robert De Niro. Zach Efron's made a movie with Seth Rogen. He doesn't care. He did one with uh, Dwayne Johnson, he the does Baywatch. Not care. He but does yet not there's, there's none with none. Uh, none. Get on that. Yeah, well. Bruce Willis. Come on, Bruce. Get on that. Comedy. Fucking wake up. Brad Pitt, go do a funny movie. Brad Pitt? Wouldn't you that throwing be fun? him in there? Would be fun if Brad Pitt did a did a comedy movie and like like went back to the world. Because you know his first movies he was funny, like in the True Romance where he was just smoking pot and being funny, and then he was just kinda hot on Thelma and Louise. Right. But well, that was his role. Yeah, he was yeah. just a hot guy. Yeah. <laughs> I guess cool world he lost it, huh? And then it's just been downhill ever since. Oh, I love I love me some Brad Pitt. I'm saying like. What about Matt Damon? Did you like uh, the I've Great Wall downsizing? Damon. I've never liked Matt Damon. Yeah. Just not. I don't. He's he's not my guy. I like George Burns better than I like Matt Damon. That tells you something. Huh. What do you but like? What you do you gotta like respect about? George Burns. He was like a big. 
I mean, 1896. Holy fuck. That's old. That's turn of the century. That is Matt, nuts. he's old. Did he have a facelift? He kind of looks like Joan Rivers in this shot. Yeah, he does have this like kind of matriarchal like. He looks like his skin's glasses. been pulled back. Yeah, this is a very like put him in like a little black wig and he looks like that character on The Incredibles. Well, they give him I that look. Suit. He got the look for like from this decade on. Like that's what he looked like for throughout the eighties and. Ray, even, didn't he? Wasn't he even on things like Hollywood Squares? Didn't he even no, like Dane himself? No, to Carl no. was saying that he was he retired. Oh. And it was a Sunshine Boys that came out of retirement after thirty two years. But then, like, in the 80s, he wasn't on, like, Hollywood Squares and shit? I always thought I saw him on, like, NBC specials, like, comedy specials, whether it is above Hope or just a network thing. Gotcha. Or uh, he did Remember network specials? They don't do network specials like that anymore. No. Well, maybe. They do live live musicals on on network TV. That's kind of... uh, Is that their new thing? I mean, I don't watch network TV, so I don't even know what I'm talking about. Huh. Speaking of which, this piano is playing itself. Oh, I love player pianos. Westworld. Because Westworld. <laughs> oh, I hope we're, uh, we're on the same night as Westworld. So. Or tonight is Westworld. Yeah, yeah, tonight's Westworld. No, it's okay. I can watch it later. I don't have to watch it at the time. Oh, yeah. You're good. Yeah. Uh, while, while the movie goes on, uh, this is a good opportunity to let you know that uh, we are here in the midst of the Mission District, right in the heart of Carnival. Yeah. Uh, it's great uh, It was hard to get here, I got to tell you. No, I'm glad you're here, but yeah, yeah absolutely. You, you had no problem. You said, I said, it's going to be on Carnival. And the fact that I walked across the parade to get here. And uh, well, we're, Pam and I are going to do a show here in San Francisco. If you're listening live, why don't you come by and let us know. Uh, we're at Kavikas Ocean Beach Deli. That's on La Playa, right by the ocean, right where Funhouse. Playland Playland, yes. Playland by the It's right by the, by the, now the Safeway. And a really great Russian grocery place that has European all these weird market. fucking chocolates. And they're cheap. And they're like good. They're like, but you don't know what you don't know what you're eating. You look at it and you're like, that's what's on there. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It could be a cherry. Probably chocolate. Real fun. Right yeah. next door to and Kavikas, you got it. if you go there, get the lamb sandwich. It's like or the roast beef. They roast their own meat. Yeah. And it's so good. Worth it's- it. Uh, there's a comedy show I, ho- I hosted on the last Sunday of the month and Pam's on the show and um, I'll be hosting it so we'll be leaving right after the show but anyway let's get back to this movie yeah. uh, so, uh, he, they're still in the house yeah she's been locked in the house now she's lost her tan <laughs> she's like old man get me a tanning bed so I can live here forever she's why is she hiding what is she hiding from there's these drug dealers in the first uh, the drug dealers minutes. are after her right because she escaped she jumped out the window but and with the drug, where are the drugs? Well, probably gave them to Drew Barrymore at this point. Oh, okay, yeah, that's fair. Allegedly. Well, but the I bet so she's still she's hiding out from these guys at the old man's house. All right, that's a thin plot. Oh, I know this movie's been going on for over an hour, and that's the plot. It's it's rough. I mean, there was a poker game on the you you see them on the table so much, you're like, God, it would be more interesting than a poker, poker game. That's something straight out of the odd couple. It's just sad because this is this is like, um. 190 minutes long total as a piece and like nothing's happening and it just all seems so just vapid and boring but you know other things like Westworld can in 60 minutes in 50 so, so a lot it's of so packed well, this, with so much stuff 
For this kitchen scene, they must have did a eating breakfast on the table, having a poker game on the table. Later, there'll be a seance. They're right. just reusing yeah, they're just the, same using the same set. Yeah, absolutely. And they should be using that front room more with the double thing. They, he's only done one little tap dance number on it. And, I, and they've only gone up and down the stairs once. I feel like they're not utilizing the architecture. Why would they, they build a house inside. like that? I mean, It's somebody's real house. It must yeah. be. They found the location and they knew they had to be inside for all these shots. So it had to be big enough. The high ceilings are great for camera mounting or whatever. Do you think big the camera crew just design. wrecked it? Up, yeah, they, they just move everything around and make it work. It, it's obvious they didn't do this like in a set. This is like they just chose a real location. So yippity do. I guess it's cheaper. Or it's what they did in the seventies. I don't know. It's, to me, honestly, it looks yeah. like a Love Boat episode. That's all. Uh, it it just, is framed like that. You're absolutely right. And Gavin McCloud's been showing up every scene too. So I, I think it holds a little. There we go. Well, they're now they're just walking around. And that's the thing is how many takes do they have to do? Could she right. memorize her lines? Like what was happening? Well, these are all stand-in shots where they do this 180 where he talks and then she talks and sometimes you see the back of their heads. Right. They didn't even have to do those scenes together. Yeah. They like he, deliver this line. He seems like, I mean, he, he was in a lot of movies around this time and then he kind of just slowed down. He was in, a, were they both in Muffet movies? I have no idea. Were you just speaking English? Um, yeah. With, oh. <laughs> Obviously, someone who does like the Muppets. All I, all I thought, all I could think about was how old he is in this movie. He's what, 80, well, 85? He, he was born in 1986. Well, 18, 18, so, 1976 would be 86 would be. God, that's great. He's 83. I don't know. We know. His skin is so smooth. He had to have had a... Uh, a when when he was 70, 60, They don't 50s. have face. No, back in the day like that, they'd like, you'd just cut his scalp off, pull his skin back, and sew his scalp back on. Oof. They just take the skin away. And, and that was when he was on radio, too. I mean, he was no one cared what he looked like. Nobody cared. But no, he came back out of retirement after 30 years, so either he looked young, that young at 83, or... He had a little work done. You know what didn't come out of retirement? His wardrobe. Yeah. He, he has a handkerchief and tie. Uh, with, uh, no tie. No, no tie. tie. He's open. He's open right now. He's getting He's getting jiggy with it. He's getting fresh. He's getting fly. I'm here he's opening to up the collar. tell Hef I'm here. I'm here for the party he at Hef's mansion. He does look like Hef. He looks like an old... He looks like Hugh Hefner now, but Hugh Hefner... Is Hugh Hefner dead? He looks yeah. like an old Hugh Hefner or like a Hugh Hefner. Well, there's a lot of people who... Uh, well, he's second to his friend Burlaz who, who's gone silent but he's saying what uh, Brooke Shields told him that he doesn't care if you don't I'm not going to stop talking I'm going to stop talking to you here let's take a listen to this do you know Burl Ives Man. Burl Ives sounds familiar singer on yeah. the radio uh-huh. practically a psychiatrist and she said the reason you didn't talk is because you didn't want to I guess what she was saying is that you were afraid it would change things. Well, it would change things. It would make them better. We could talk, work things out, get you out of here. Do some magic tricks. Okay, pal. That's how you're going to play? That's how I'll play. You quit the world and I quit you. I'm not coming to see anymore, Max. I mean it. Never again. You say that every time. Oops, I spoke. And there he goes. What a emotional I'm out. scene. 
I'm Pat. Oh man, that seems yeah, to pat- punch the wall. No. Yeah, I'm out. What you said? Fart. Oh, we missed him talking when we hear the Bill, music. don't go. Bill. That's a breakthrough. I read it, Santa. Yeah, that's right. He did the voice of, like, uh, Frosty Snowman, I think. Oh, here we go. Moving the plot along. Yeah. Well, I, we were in this pharmacy set two or five minutes ago. Along. Moving. So, Here's the bad guy. He right. wants some info. Moving the plot along. Let's use the same set. He'll show up where the guy was beforehand. Right. Well, this is great. That means that when they filmed on that day, they just had to film all the scenes at once, and she just changed her shirt in between, unless it, unless she was wearing a purple vest underneath it last time, which would be sad, because then they just were like, all right, today we're filming all the... Uh, yeah. Do you think they like had cigarettes back then? Yes. At the pharmacy? Yes. They still don't. They sell cigarettes at Long's Drugs. They don't. Oh, Long's. I, I don't know one any like Walgreens. They don't. I, Walgreens, no. CVS uh, actually said we're not selling tobacco. Wow. Yeah. It's okay. Leave it for other people to sell and buy. All right. So he's home, unless it's a different house, and he's gone senile. Kate he's gonna Max, walk into the cameraman. Kate, 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 Max. I thought Kate, Kate. Hey, I got a. Little girl I kidnapped. I had this great idea for a number. Where did you go? That's, I mean, like, yeah. it's such a normal thing now. It's been three days of this kidnapping. Well, he didn't kidnap her. She came to him, and she keeps, he's keeping her safe. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not his attorney. He's cloistering her. Well, I mean. He's cloistering her from the world because it's dangerous. It's dangerous out there. And that some drug dealers are after her for no reason, because clearly she's not doing drugs. Right. No, she doesn't touch the merchandise, apparently. Oh, he's got a piano. This is such a nice place. Here's the New Yorker uh, poster of New York City's view on the wall. Like, that's huge. I don't think I've ever seen, like, oh, I really like that. I want that on the wall. Well, they were doing some set design, and they were yeah. like, "We have to remember that he's an old burlesque guy, and not they were, burlesque." They were saying he's an old Marriott. vaudevillian guy. They were staying at the next door Marriott, and they said, "Wow, can we borrow this, po- borrow this painting room. you have in this wall, in this room?" Yes, it's classic. Yeah, he's going to pour himself a drink. I mean, it's like just they're all, they're just playing music right now, well, it's, uh, and it's dumb because like. TV movie. Look out, Charlie's Angels. She's got a Wonder Woman poster in the back. I'm sure they didn't ask permission for Wonder Brothers. <laughs> when, when's this? Can we should just fast forward to the sex scene? I mean, nothing's happened for two minutes. This right. is making me crazy. How could people. Children these days would never watch movies like this ever in a million years. They could never sell them because they'd be so bored. They'd get the fuck out. They'd be like, what is this fucking... What's her obsession with windows? This is like the third time she climbed through a window. Because that's how she knows how to break into houses. Because she's, all she watches is TV. You missed the scene. She jumped out of a second story window, landed on a uh, flower pot, and was okay. I just got to bring her stuff to Animal. Stuff's animal represents childhood. Who is she stealing from? Herself. From herself. <laughs> yeah, this is her own house, damn. She's gonna get some clean socks. Oh, and this guy's, is this the guy looking for her? Yeah. Oh! She's on the run from this drug dealer. He deals drug. I He's a drug dealer. Deals drug, yeah. 
a Valley Spring Lane. Uh, Excuse me, oh, sir. Oh, hey, cop. Can I ask you a question? I'm yeah. looking for this little girl. Yeah. Hey, can you help me, officer? Someone farted in that phone And then booth. the officer's like, no, but I can show you this great magic trick. He breaks out into song. No. That's a, he had a dog? Oh, she's so heavy. She's limping. No, because she fell out of the fucking window. Yeah. It finally caught up. Still silence. Still no talking. Okay. There we go. Are you okay? It's ambient noise. Oh, Peter Brady. Yeah. So cute. Peter Brady. You think best Peter's looking, the cute? Best looking of the Brady boys. Absolutely. Was he in the reality shows? Like the Brady Brides? Well, the Brady um, Brides was Yeah, a, he, he was, was in, I believe he was in the later. He aged well, too. Uh, good looking wise. The other two did not so much, but he was darling as a child and the best looking Brady. Absolutely. There was a story about the Brady's. I think it was Cindy where uh, she had purchased a house when she was during the seventies during the sixties as a kid. Huh? And uh, she sold it for like millions of dollars in the last few years. Wow. Good for her. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah, go Cindy. Oh, what? No, Cindy Brady's a bad person, though. I wrote oh, a really? about her because she's a Trump supporter. And she oh. got fired from her. She was she uh, had a podcast in L.A. Uh-huh. And she was super pro-Trump. And this guy wrote her a letter. And she wrote him this letter back. And then they fired her from her job because she said such terrible things. Okay, well, then let's Her name say- is Susan Olson. Her name is Susan Olson! Well, maybe it wasn't Susan Olson. Maybe it was Jan. Okay. I'm wow, Susan Olson. Wow. So she became like a Don, uh, she became Donnie a Donald Brady. Trump zealot, and uh, it's uh, it, I I mean I well, I can play the song for you some po- point that we I I basically it started me doing gangster rap oh. out of um out of quotes from people in the news and so we ended up doing ten of them but one of the one that started was Susan Olson I think I heard that one uh, yeah. all right well cool Susan Olson but anyways it, that's well, I I mean, this is rap. an offshoot of Peter Brady here so. All right, well, Peter Brady's gone. Peter Brady's gone. Chase but he's got to be the good guy. He's darling. He's obviously the ingenue he's boy. He's concerned, the, I'm the, sure. The hero, the, the Romeo. The Romeo hero. He's like, uh, hey, did you hear that Cindy Olsen's a real prick on the radio? No, <laughs> Susan Olsen, Cindy Susan. Brady. They're different Susan. as a character and a person. Yeah, and he says you. Wow, this camera's moving along with him. It's like the most cinematic scene in this movie. Yeah, they put it on a one of those... Oh, I think the tripod just stumbled along by mistake. Or there could be a... They they did a track. They built a track. Man's wearing a a camera to capture every step of George Burns. Still, play the music. Is it more... It's caring. Sentimental. Open the door and... You're back. Just you and me, kid. Just you and me. (gasps) Went on to change. That's like the line in the, the title of the movie. Just you and me, kid. There's mystery money, and here it is. And I gave her in the package, and I put it in the shoes. It's so tiny. Meow, meow, meow. Oh, she has this weird voice. about you. He's crazy. I didn't want anything to happen to you. Nothing is going to happen. Not now. Uh, okay, so she's doing that very, like... Everything's going to be okay because, you know, that like everything's really bright in my voice and I'm making like it's like a Disney, like a Disney princess song, like oh, the way the girly. It's uh, it's terrifying because it's uh, it's just so saccharine. <laughs> it's a saccharine. That's the word. Yeah. It's terrifying. It's, sac- it's terrifying in its saccharinity. <laughs> oh, it's, uh, just making up words. It's good. 
we're gonna so we're gonna bail after the show, Pam. But yeah, great. Uh, I want to I give people the opportunity to know that uh, do donate to Muni Radio. It authors a lot of great shows, a lot of community shows, and not only part of fe- uh, festival right now or carnival. We're we're part of this, the the Mission District. But Pam, you have four shows here. Do you just want to mention them? Oh God, I even think more than that. That's insane. Uh, have, they call me Tim on Wednesdays. At wait, we'll start at the beginning of the week because it's a yeah. Monday and it makes more sense. So right. Monday. Four to six is not my show, but it's a show that I like curate. So if anyone else has a show out there, send me your show or your podcast or your live show and I play it four to six on Mondays. It's so sometimes I go out and tape live bands and sometimes I take other tomorrow I'm gonna take someone else's podcast from somewhere I don't know where yet. And people can find that it's not not my show. It's called not my show. That's yeah. four to six. And then six to eight is joke workshop, where comedians do four minutes of material and they get four minutes of comments by their comedian peers. And it's really fun. People learn a lot. It's good. I make everybody pay attention because I'm like, what's the point? Like, if you don't want to be here, don't be here. If you want right. to be here, be here. It's good. And like, make everybody stay positive and nice and blah, blah, blah. I like watching comedians flinch while people give suggestions. Oh, like. yeah. Well, but the thing is, everybody knows you can you can run your own discussion up there. So right. it doesn't have to be scary. Uh, and then Wednesday, I have noon to two is the AltaCast. And that is socialist twisted news news with it's fake news with a socialist twist just basically me and Latoya talking oh that's great she happens to be African American I'm a I'm a bougie white ex bougie white bitch we talk about politics a lot I believe it's bougie Feminism. for life uh oh bougie for life oh oh no. got a knife Clooney's got a knife it's Eric Roberts you look like my daughter my sister Julia oh, oh look at that George's gonna say it today put that, that knife the butter knife yeah put that what knife. does he got like a sword Agora Shrash Kebab, you better. Oh, he's got a he's got the knife. He's got the thing from the sword from the wall. Foreshadowing oh, right, right. from the sword from the wall. She got the yeah. knife. Got the knife. Big knife in the house. Well, my words exactly. There's also a giant boat on the wall that's gonna be used later. Oh, I love foreshadowing in all kinds of ways. I mean if they're if they're gonna show it, why not use it? I mean, what would be the point? He's asking if he had some pineapple chunks and pieces of pork, he's gonna use make a kebab with that knife. Okay, skewer me. Well, just get out of here, guy. Well, there's nothing to be being bloodshed. Talk so, it out. Uh, after the AltaCast, there's a... Uh, oh, yeah. AltaCast is noon to two. Then two to four is some call me Tim. That's that, both on Wednesday. That's both on Wednesday. And then there's another on Wednesday. And then Wednesday, four to five is the SparkCast that's recorded live every Tuesday night from eight to nine at Spark. So... We go to Spark from 8 to 9, and we have a podcast and comedy and stuff. Last week, Amy Farrow Weiss, a mayoral candidate, was there. It was pretty cool. Oh, cool. And then I bring the podcast back, and I play it here. I'm on the show this Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. sweet. Yeah, I look forward to It's a to lot of fun. Last week, I made the mistake of, of buying the product Highlight and smoking everybody out on Vaporizer, and I got too high, and I made mistakes. It was bad. Oh, yeah, you should just get everyone who's performing yeah, high. Yeah, not me. It was crazy. Um, but so that's the spark ass. Oh, the, wait, but wait, there's more. Uh, and then on Friday from 6 to 8 is happy hour, open mic. And I cure, I get someone to guest host every week. So I got to go through booking all that. It's a nightmare. And then <laughs> on Friday from 8 to 10, I have Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse, which is the showcase $10. And I... It's a great showcase, show. yeah. And I watched the door for Pam. Yeah, and you go, and you're so great, and he's awesome. And then um, that's those are all the. I also I 
I pay for one of them, but I don't, I'm not responsible for, it. I pay for true hustle Thursday as an open mic. So it's still my show. Right. But that's a good, just, that's just, a fun show too. It's yeah. It's well, it's open. It was just having a lot of open mics here. It's great. So it's seven to nine and, on and Thursdays. You don't, you can listen live or you could go to mini radio.fm and go to the podcast page and there'll be a list of all the shows that Pam mentioned. Go ahead and so just, just subscribe. We just want you to subscribe. You don't have to listen every week. Just subscribe. Yeah. yeah. Just listen. And then listen it's every fun. week. We yeah. change our mind. No, but, or don't listen. I mean, it's, but people are listening to things all the time. No one listens, no one listens to silence anymore. People don't even read books and people are just constantly Oh, I need a voice in my head constantly. I have to have my headphones on all the time. See, I don't even, I can't even handle that. I just. I need podcasts to film, break the day. Fill the, sure, well. Do you ever listen to podcasts when you're on the toilet, Pam? Nope. Oh. Sometimes you don't want to I don't listen to podcasts at home. I don't do that. Yeah. But I do, I am, how much time is left in this movie? Oh, it's almost over! Yay! Well, let's see. yeah. I don't even know what's going on. They're doing uh, a magic trick. Everything's okay. There. Oh, there's a body. Nothing's oh, they, okay. They trapped the bad guy. Oh, the in bad a guy, Houdini and they scene. put him in like as a mummy, and they must have needed the a body cops, double. The cops are like, we'll, we'll just take this bag. We don't have to punch holes in the air. They couldn't. Um, they couldn't afford that actor for the last scenes. So yeah, they, had they, to they put a bag up over a guy. I got to see your tricks, Hollywood. That's Brooke Shields' mother, actually, in that role. Sorry, that joke fell flat. That's Brooke Shields' mother. That's Brooke Shields. It's not Brooke Shields. Just you That's and me, kid. Yeah, just you and me, kid. And two cops. Well, the cops are going to set it up for a sequel. Just you and me and two cops. <laughs> and a dog. And, and a, a monkey. Dog. And a monkey. And Andy Williams. Andy Williams. He was popular back then. Yes. Oh, let's have us, some yes, cream juice. I will have. We will have tomato juice, and I will have a vodka in mine. And there is <laughs> not have, oh no, vodka! We'll, we'll have a Virgin vodka. Bloody Mary. That's with vodka. That's with not that much vodka. That'd be nice to have an aunt to be like, "Here, I made you a Virgin Bloody Mary. It's not that much vodka. Just, just, just a, little a little bit. bit. Yeah, just a tiny bit. That's what makes it the Virgin part. So. I swear this is shot like a love boat. Like, it is total it really television. Is. You're absolutely right. They give enough uh, headroom above the scene and just everything is kind of symmetrical. He's flat. It's, I, this was, why did you choose this movie? Because I felt like it was a gimmick movie where it was a high concept sitcom where you're going because you want to see George Burns' personality at the time, this octarian who always plays a vaudeville, retired vaudevillian, as well as Brooke Shields. But the this was in the movie theater? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This was in the movie theater? Yeah, in 79. People went out to the movie theater to see this. That yeah. is mind-blowing to me. And now on YouTube, it has 600, 687 views. Oh, we hope afterwards. My comedy has... More views. More views in this vid. That yeah, is exciting to I'm me. I'm still not going to play your comedy, sorry. No, you don't have to. I wasn't <laughs> asking for that. I'm just saying, like, that's how pathetic this movie is, that they, that I have more views of. So I felt like it's a novelty film, that it was more of the high concept of these two personalities, and the fact that she had this you, controversy of sexuality, of uh, doing sexual, controversial roles. Sexual jacket before sexual talk. I know I, I see what you're saying now here's the other thing though is that right there is Shallow Hal with Jack Black and Gwyneth Paltrow now that would be a full length movie to fucking watch oh yeah I could get into that like great that movie is yeah disturbing and they were trying to be progressive and it's like weird and that's sitting there on the side waiting there's someday 
Oh, once once that Michelle Howe becomes a free movie on YouTube, we'll we'll do it. It yeah. is. It's right there. It is right there. Oh, but it doesn't mean it's a real movie. Yeah, it does. It's right there. It says two hours four minutes and sixteen seconds. Michelle Howe, huh. two thousand one. Jack Black with. Well, who, who's five hundred and seventy-two thousand views? So it must be the real. Deal. Maybe I would have to dick around. I usually click on the name of the of the channel. You have then, to dick around. Well, I dick around on it. I ch- I first off, I I check the name who, person who posted what his uh, other videos look like if they're all at the same time, at the timing of the movie. Like, do you think that movie was really two hours and four minutes? Yes. Probably it was a long movie. Yeah, they had Tony Robbins. He was great. Now that see, that's another great thing about that movie. It co-stars Tony Robbins. He's a big part of the movie. Right. Playing himself. Because he's the magic. I mean, he's the crux of the whole thing. He's like the magician. It's another magician movie. I think, well, they're, they're visiting where? Are they at a cemetery? Or oh, my they... God, that Rolls Royce. Look at that. I know. It's an insane little selfish little car. The back. Just you and me, kid. Get in the, the back of the trunk. Surprises. Oh, gross. Oh, they kissed. She's like, I don't want to kiss him. He smells like an old man. This music is the love theme from Just You and Me, Kid. All right. I think all is well. Their friend is talking and is chauffeuring them as they drive back to Los Angeles. They're a family. Just you and me, kid. And now we have this weird... Da-da-da-da! Hey, Vaudevillian music! Everything's okay! And it wrapped up just fine. There's... Christopher Knight. They're showing clips from the movie with the people and then with their scenes. So it's like it's another old movie trick where they they show people again at the end. There's the poker buddies. Oh, the shirtless. They did have shirts on though, so that was very disappointing. This is before Hold Part of the movie? These people. There they are. Ah, there's Burl Eyes. And Brooke Shields, everyone, look at that or that little face. That oh, they did George Burns as da, the da, voice, da, as yeah. God. Da, 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 da. Yeah. What was it? What was the movie where he was God? Uh, yeah. That was Oh God, You Devil, and a bit another oh, one. God. Oh God, Oh God, Book Two. Oh God, yeah, Oh God, Book Two. Oh God, You Devil. I was allowed to watch those as a child, surprisingly. Well, really, you were not because I was. No, I was allowed. Oh, yeah, because yeah, they were they religious. Because they were, yeah, they were under the guise of religion. You yeah, that God walked among us. Wow. Well, what well, if well. God was one of us? He was George Burns in the seventies. You don't remember, dummy? Just a stranger on the bus. Yeah, I know. He's an old man on the bus with a cigar. He's not supposed to do that. He's not. But he's God, so he can smoke a cigar. Wasn't Richard Pryor in one of those? Richard Pryor wasn't Richard Pryor in an O God or an O God Two or an O God You Devil? Am I making that up? Is that just my? I think you're making. Maybe you're thinking of Superman Three. Um, that what? Yeah, no, see, no Well, I that's it. That. That, I'm done with this movie. That was really uh, yeah. didn't really help me either way watching that film. I don't think I'm, I'm gonna. No, I. It was. It, I mean, I, there are. I'm glad that I took the money out of the jar. I'm glad I did some. I'm glad we smoked some pot. I'm glad I did some things to like. Um, 
help uh, the station out for a second because otherwise that would have been a complete waste of time. <laughs> there was, I would never, if I hadn't been on this with you, I would, I could never even imagine watching that movie in any context. Like maybe if my grandma was still alive and like it was on in her house and it was the old kind of TV that didn't have like a, a you know, you have with the thing and it happened to come on cable and we were there. So this is like a time traveling grandma story. And if you would it's watch on this movie TV, with grandma on TV. If it was, but she's dead and those TVs don't exist anymore and this yeah. is the only way to enjoy it family family entertainment get to see naked Brooke Shields at 13 wow well, an old and man. that's it but at the beginning I missed that part so I got none of the I got oh, all yeah, the bad and none of the warm. good well, right, well we hope you enjoyed it uh, we'll be back next week <laughs> we're going to have two special uh, co-hosts as uh, Carl is uh, doing some comedy those weekends uh, but uh, we keep doing shows and you can check us out at let's watch a full length movie on youtube.blogspot.com uh, that's our personal blog as well as our website uh, and again where you can find our feed at lwaflmoyt on muniradio.fm and iTunes uh, Pam Bet Benjamin, thank Woo! you so much thank for coming you. by here. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and pick one of these theme songs and we'll get out of here. Oh, I love your theme song. Oh, this one. All right, there we go. This is, thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time. Bye. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman Let's watch a full length Movie on YouTube With Mike Spiegelman It's been over one long year Watching Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, 
Listen to the weekly review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the weekly review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground Comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere fun. every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak ceiling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. They're more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base 10 times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com.
Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Uh, every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot a bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shot. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Oh, yeah. It goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Coming at these bitches and all these snitches hitting switches going back to riches. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their their variety of cheese and home decor items uh, and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bear exoskeleton contessa 
and check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com. Timstesseract.com. So you want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look. But that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, 6 to 8, on Joke Workshop with four-minute sets and four-minute critiques from everyone kept positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, 7 to 9, with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. You want more open mics? Fridays, 6 to 8. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. After work and take a seat at Asiento, a great place to meet friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant and 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block from Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the comedy festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar. Come take a seat at Asiento. Hey everybody. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Hey, Mutineers, Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Hey everybody, 
Listen to the weekly review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the weekly review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. You're listening to MutinyRadio.fm. No further questions. I often wonder what my children really think of me. I can be silly and playful, but at times I do have to be a bad, mean daddy. For example, I rarely give them one more chance. If they are not getting dessert, they are not getting dessert. I have actually turned the car around. I try not to be mean, just strict. And they let me know, from the moment my children learn to speak, I've heard many different versions of, you are a bad, mean daddy, in reaction to my strict style. Just when I start to worry about being remembered as a tyrannical figure, my children remind me in their unique style of communication that I am not, in their eyes, the dictator that I think I am. Negotiation seems to be the predominant form of communication in my daily dealing with my children. Dad, if I take a bath, can I watch a movie? What do I get if I clear the table? I always seem to be on the losing end of arbitration. I constantly feel like I'm bartering with my children. I suppose this is part of the parent-child dynamic. I'm sure that throughout the centuries, sons and daughters have bartered with their fathers and mothers. I wonder if Jesus negotiated with God about some of the stuff he had to go through. Jesus, you are dying on the cross for all mankind. Well, if I do that, can everyone have Sundays off? Notice the response is always a question. The question is the primary form of communication for little kids. They learn to speak and the questions commence. Anyone with kids knows about the questions. Daddy, what are you doing? Daddy, why are you doing that? Daddy, how long are you going to be doing that? Daddy, why are you putting on headphones and having a beer for breakfast? I sometimes believe preschool was created by a parent who needed a reprieve from the incessant questions of a three-year-old. Of course, these never-ending questions require answers you are not qualified to give. How do you answer, Daddy, why are you a stand-up chameleon? Or, why don't dogs get the chicken pops? When my son Jack was four, he pointed to a car antenna and said, Look, Daddy, stick! I clarified, Actually, that's an antenna. Jack then asked, What's an antenna? After realizing I had no idea how an antenna worked, I explained, It's a stick, a metal stick. You nailed it, buddy. Even all their so-called statements will contain a question in the subtext. I'm hungry is really, why don't you feed me? 
I have to go to the bathroom, Is Can you clean up this pee on the floor? Another endless form of questioning is under the are we there yet category. If you ever mention something fun that you are going to do with your young children, and there is any time that will elapse between the very moment you bring it up and when you are actually doing the fun thing, you will be barraged with questions during the entire time period. If you tell them that you might go to Disney at some point in the coming year, you have opened a Pandora's box. Are we going to Disney now? How long till we go to Disney? Is it time to go to Disney yet? How many hours till Disney? What does three months mean? Is it three months yet? It is crucial that you withhold as much information as you can about this fun future event until 30 seconds before you arrive, or 10 seconds, depending on your question tolerance. Out of necessity, all parents of little kids actively attempt to curb the unnecessary question by speaking in a parental code to each other. Parents will write notes, whisper, or spell things in front of their children. Once Jeannie said, don't tell anyone about the I-C-E-C-R-E-A-M, I remember thinking, who's in the emergency room and why do I want a dilly bar? Of course, there are many things you shouldn't say or do in front of a three-year-old. Everyone knows you're not supposed to argue or curse in front of young children. 